0: The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management.
2: Larry Rosenthal is a registered representative offering security services through Saterra Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Saterra is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Saterra Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is an employee of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group and affiliated with Saterra.
1: It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view call larry now studio lines are open at 855 rose 123 that's 855-767-3123 making money sense is on the air well welcome once again to the larry rosenthal
2: show making money sense my name is chris McKay, and the other guy if you're watching on larry TV, is the guy who is the man in the studio he's the big guy larry rosenthal himself good morning sir Well, good morning, Chris, and how are you today? I'm doing triple duty today, you know. You're giving Bob some holiday time off or something. I don't know. I see that.
3: Where is Bob? Where is Bob? (laughs) That could could be a game. (laughs) It could be, very much (laughs) so. That's for sure. Well, good morning, sir. You're always looking good on Saturday mornings. And it is Saturday morning, which is open mic Saturday, which I absolutely love. That means no questions barred at all. Anything on your mind this morning, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123 with any of your financial planning, estate planning, tax, mortgages, home prices, the Fed, the markets, the economy. Your 401K, the government TSP, whatever's on your mind today, we want to give you the answers in proper financial education format. So give us a ring. It's open mic Saturday. You're listening to Making Money Sense, the Larry Rosenthal Show. Well, what happened this past week in the markets, Chris? A little bit of scary news, but the markets were pretty resilient and a little bit of good news, and the markets shot way up. So what's happening here, Mm -hmm. you know, this past week? uh federal uh, chair, uh chairman uh f- federal reserve chairman Powell, there you go. It's a mouthful for me right now for some reason. Uh, said this past week here um, you know that, that the pace of future rate hikes is going to have to slow down. And the markets took off. Oh, I can imagine. Jeez. Yes, the markets shot way up on Wednesday with that news. It was great news. We know it's coming. We've talked about this for months now. When is the pause going to hit, right? So the Fed meets again December 12th and 13th. Most likely, they're going to raise a half a percentage point at that, on that meeting on the 13th. We're also going to get the inflation number for, October, for November on December 13th and see what that looks like. And at the same time, the Fed meets again January 31st and February 1st and then again in March. At one of these meetings, the markets are expecting a pause. That means that interest rates may take a pause from going up. That brings to the mm. market. The stock market and the business market clarity of direction, and that's what people need. The markets need clarity of directions. Hey, if you're a CEO of a corporation and you're looking to take over another one, or you're looking to start a new plant, or or, or do a new research project, and you're going to borrow capital to do so, you need to know what the cost of money is going to be, so you could figure it out if it's a good investment or a not 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 a good opportunity, right? So this so so on. F- Wednesday, uh, Drone Powell says this, the markets celebrate big time. Then on Thursday, the markets are a little mixed, a little down. Friday at 8.30 a.m. Eastern time, we get the jobs report for November, okay? Wow, what a strong jobs report. Wages up, um, part, wait, uh, uh, even even the labor participation rate dropped. Which is not not a good sign because it makes there's less people seeking jobs, right? So so that means that wages will continue to rise a little bit, which creates more inflation pressures. And we added 263 thousand jobs, uh, uh, you, you know, which which was a lot higher than what w- what we thought. So on one hand, we're getting robust news that the economy is good, and the markets plummet first thing Friday morning. You know, the, the S&P and the NASDAQ closed basically down a few points, and the Dow was up a few points, which which brings me to this question here. It brings me to this oh, question. Oh, dear. Yes, here's the question, Chris. Are the markets actually starting to climb the wall of worry? Hmm. Now, this is a phrase, uh, a w- climbing the wall of worry. What does that mean? Well, you're seeing, okay, you're seeing good economic news and the markets drop and then they start to come back and they're climbing that wall of worry. Well, is the Fed going to delay their pause? Are they going to raise more based off of this one economic data point? When you look at all the economic data points, you can see inflation slowing. So, we'll find out. You know, in the coming months, exactly how much and how long until they pause. But, but my point is this, is the markets look like at this point, and we're still going to see volatility. Don't get me wrong. We do not have the all-clear button yet.
2: Nervous H- Nelly, okay. that's what the market
3: That's right. The markets seem to be climbing that wall of worry right now. Remember, hmm. the markets are a leading indicator. They're a leading indicator on where the economy is going. And when you see these these types of things, because if this report had come out, if this jobs report had come out, I don't know, in, in August or September, the markets would have been down tons. They, they would have been down a whole lot and not fight back that very same day. So that leads me to the question of, you know what, maybe the markets are sort of sniffing out a rate pause in the coming months, which would be a good thing for the markets, the economy, the whole nine yards. Uh, so, so you know, Powell also went on to said to to say that the Fed wants to avoid over tightening monetary policy, which will throw the economy into a recession, causing the central bank to 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 pivot instead of pause, pivot and reverse course and start to lower rates, and and so you know he's he, he's saying the right things here. From that standpoint, and so we'll just have to wait. We've got to get through the next few months, you know, be thinking springtime, uh, you know, but we are closer to the end of this cycle than we are pretty much the middle of the cycle as far as the the Fed rate hikes and, and things of that nature there. So let's go ahead and shoot on up to Michigan and welcome Becky on the line. Good morning, Becky. How are you today?
4: I'm doing great.
3: Good. How can I help you?
4: into a CD with a credit union, and it, gained, it was at 2.6% interest. Well, that came to maturity in October. Because the interest rate was going to drop down to 0.5%, I pulled it out of there and stuck it in a savings account at the credit union. I got a phone call from uh, another bank that I have my business account with yesterday, and they have a special rate right now for CDs for 3.6% interest for six months. Um, I'm almost 70 years old, and I want to be able to have access to that money in case of an emergency or something like that. Um, and I'm just in a quandary I've and praying about what I should do and all of that, and that the interest rate in the credit union savings account is probably about 1.5%, if that. Um, well, and I want to... I just want to know what you're thinking of
3: of that would be. Becky, so you're comparing a new CD of six months at 3% and change. The government treasury bills at six months are paying 4.7%. Oh, So that's what I would suggest. We've been buying a lot of those for clients. Yes, for six months. You lock it in for six months and you get the annualized rate of 4.7%. Versus a bank CD at three point, you know, three point whatever you said, um, right? But both of them, you know, both of them are are pretty safe investments from that standpoint. So either one. Um, now, now at some point, the markets are actually are actually starting to predict that the that rates may start to come down. Okay. Um, uh, so, so if you look, if you need the money to mature in six months, then, then that's what you need. Uh, but you know, you can also remember this, if the markets are wrong and rates are still pushing up in six months, you can renew a new CD or a new treasury bill, uh, maybe even at a higher rate. But if rates start to drop down, then you're going to wish you would have locked in for a longer, maybe a one-year period of time. But if you need the liquidity to happen right. in six months, then you're going to want the CD for six months or the Treasury bill, if you like. If you want, I'll send you okay. out some information on the Treasury bill and show you how it works and how you can get it and things like, like that. But it's a higher, it's a full percentage point higher than what you quoted in the CD. That would be Wonderful. Yep, let me put you on hold, Becky, and uh, Chris will get some of your contact information, and we'll send you out information next week on the government bonds and CDs and things, okay?
4: Thank you so much.
3: Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. With any of your financial planning or investment questions at all, you know, getting back to some of our. Our market commentary for, for this past week here, we also saw, you know, ISM manufacturing numbers uh, slipped down to 49 from 50.2, which shows contraction in November, okay, another sign that the economy is slowing, that inflation may be continuing to come down. but you know we don't want to get ahead of ourselves we don't want to get over the tips of our skis so to speak here we you know we we need to look at this month by month to really take a good look at at at, at the pace of, of interest rates uh, hiking as well as inflation dropping on the other side. So, Hey, we're going to take a quick break here. Don't forget to visit my website, Larry Rosenthal.com sign up for our newsletter, check us out on Larry Rosenthal.tv hit subscribe and that, but and that bell as well. So every week that we we'll go live on the air, you'll see us broadcasting the show live on Larry Rosenthal.tv, but go visit the website. Also Larry Rosenthal.com. We send out a weekly market commentary, similar to some of the things that I'm saying here at the beginning of each show. So uh, we'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense.
5: thecdfi.org Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org And my dear, we're
6: still goodbye
5: Long as you love me so Let it snow Let it snow
4: let
3: it snow. There you go. Let it snow. Let it snow. It's yes, been doing a little bit snow. of that.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> let it snow. Well, it's raining on the East Coast, Chris. So there you go. That's, that's what they call in the wintertime undeveloped snowflakes. There you go. They're coming. Just have to get a little bit colder. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, there's some new legislation floating around up there on Capitol Hill called the Emergency Savings Act. Uh, under the premise of a bipartisan bill. A couple of um, uh, senators are, are putting this together. Uh, Cory Booker and um, uh, Senator Todd Young from New Jersey. So uh, we'll see how this plays out, but it's called the Emergency Savings Act, and it's an opportunity for employers if they choose to allow workers to put cash into a savings account inside their 401k plan Interesting. on an after-tax basis. and w- And that little sleeve would be capped at $2,500, but you know, I don't understand why they just don't put it into the money market and not deal with the legislation on it all, so uh, we'll see if this (laughs) thing goes through. didn't ask you again, Larry, come on. Yes, I know, I know. We'll see if this thing goes through um, and (laughs) and find out exactly what it is, so so uh, if it doesn't get put into the mix here before the end of the year then they're hoping that something like that will happen next year. You know, I have a a website that I go to that 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 follows all these uh I mean just tons of legislation and I pull out some every once in a while just to just to Uh, You know, talk about it a little bit, but we do stay on top of all this because when taxes change or investment opportunities and retirement plans change, whether they get um, contracted or enhanced, it's always an opportunity to employ that into financial planning. And and uh whether it's, you know, investing in uh rehabilitation zones or in investing in, in programs, you know, all, all different things. But it's important to stay on top of all of that as well. So if that happens to come through, then we'll let you know exactly what that means to you in your four oh one K plans. We get lots of questions each week. I appreciate those. People go to my website, Larry Rosenthal dot com and say, Hey, what about this question? What about <laughs> that question? Right? And and um now uh, one question that I, that, that 's popped up here is is i 'm seeing some signs of markets turning positive. Should I pull my money out now and avoid another downturn? Well, first of all, how do you know that there 's going to be another downturn? Yes, the markets have come off its lows and the markets are up from its lows but still down for the year, right. So the question becomes: How do you know that there will be another downturn? And my my, my follow up question to this to the, to this to this person is, you know, what what is your goal? Mm-hmm. What is your time frame? What is your risk acceptance needs? What what's your future? needs with this money and what are your current needs with these dollars that you're talking about? It sounds like to me you're more interested in, in market timing, getting in and out and in and out. And let me tell you that's a losing proposition. We're gonna see the results probably middle of next year based off of all the people pushing money in and out this year. And you'd be surprised, you know, if if you think about this for a second, okay, what has to happen for the markets to hit a bottom? We have to have more sellers, right, than mm-hmm. buyers, mm-hmm. that the sellers push the market down. Then they're out because they've sold, and then the market bounces up. Let's say the market goes up 4% from when, that, when that, the last tranche of people sold. Now they're sitting there. They're out of the market. What are they doing? They're hoping the market goes back down so they can get back in because they'll never make up that four percent in this example if the market doesn't go back down again. That's why you stay invested through these time frames. Yeah, like losing this. proposition
2: to try to do it, that.
3: It really is. So, so my point is, I th- I think I need more information on this question, but mm. but it really goes to what your goal is and your time frame, tax scenario as well. You know, if it's a non IRA type of an account uh, or a trust account. Um, you know, another question that we got here recently is, is you know, why should I have a trust versus a will? Mm-hmm. What's the difference, you know, the breaking down the difference between a will and a trust? Wow, there's a lot to be said for, for, for this in, in, in the debate. First of all, I, I will ha- be happy to send out. To anyone who wants this, our uh, basics of estate planning kit, which really breaks down the basics between wills and trust and probate and all these different things that people are always asking about. Okay, But there's many reasons why you would want to have a trust in conjunction with a will. Okay? You really want both of them, don't you? Not necessarily one or the other. Yeah, you could do it, but, 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 but there's many reasons why you want both of them to work congruently together. Mm. Remember this. Anything that's in a will whether the will is deemed valid or invalid, will go through probate, which is simply the court's distribution process for, for, for distributing assets. But How public is that, a will... probate?
2: Is that really a public process? I mean, if you wanted to see everybody's assets, could you go down to the public uh, courthouse and see it?
3: Yes. Ooh. Yes, you can. You know, If you know somebody passed and, and things are going by a will, you can go down there. You can even protest it. OK. Well, okay. Uh, but, you know, when's the last time somebody did that <laughs> other than family members? Right. You know, yeah. uh, but that does happen. But if it's in a trust sealed, nobody's business. Uh, it's over it's with nice. you. You cannot find out about it. You know, but 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 uh, a probate, I mean, um, a, a a a trust will avoid probate. Hmm. OK, so it can be done quietly, instantly. And without additional court costs, attorneys' fees, time delays, and problems that could arise, one of the advantages of a trust is you can control distributions over time. You know, Chris. Let's let's say you have you have you have two kids, and and you're doing a fifty-fifty beneficiary to both of them, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And child number one, no problem. They can handle the assets. Everything's fine. But child number two you know, is just not that thrifty with their dollars. Maybe they're even a spendthrift, okay? And, and to protect that child against themselves or maybe their spouse or family members or whatever, you may want to say that 50% for that child, I'm going to distribute it over five years, 20% a year, okay? Or 10% a year for 10 years or whatever you want to do. That's one of the advantages that a trust brings to the table is it enables you to control distributions over time for people, okay, or suppose you suppose you wanted to leave money for grandkids, you know, so you can put into the trust hey this is going to go for to help for college if it's not for if they don't go to college to help start a business or a vocational school or whatever um you know and and but but you know a lot of times you don't want to just leave a seventeen or an eighteen year old <laughs> or a twenty two yeah. year old excessive dollars right you, you know and there there's this thing too and and i've ta- i've 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 gone to classes on this, and it's very interesting to see the dynamic of families talking about multi-generational, and, and, and we do this in our firm with clients, multi-generational planning with assets. you know, And, and, and oftentimes the theme comes up, you know, hey, listen, I want to leave my kids and or grandkids enough money to get started in life, mm-hmm. but not too much that they don't get started in life. Right. You know, and, and you can get into conversations like like uh, like incentive trust. OK. And first of all, let me tell you this, too. A lot of people think, oh, well, Larry, you're just talking about the uber wealthy now. No, not at all. Not at all. Mm. Think about this for a second. You know, middle class Americans, you, you've we have worked our entire lives and saved whatever we've saved. And now somebody else may end up with the majority of it. Right if if we've done planning correctly you you your your money will outlast your lifespan and now these assets that you've worked long and hard for you probably don't want to see them go to the wayside mm-hmm. you know or or maybe you do some people don't care okay but but there's also something too which is really neat which 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 we talk a lot about with our clients which is things like like um uh, type type of incentive type uh things inside of a trust incentive programs inside of a trust couldn't think of a fancy word there but incentive deals inside of a trust for example again of course you might have two kids that you're leaving money to 50 50 just to make it easy right so so and child number one let's suppose child number one has a a a profession where they're where you know they're going to make six figures okay or they're going to make a very fine living but child number two uh, maybe they want to work in the nonprofit arena. Okay. Or maybe they want to be a pastor at a church, mm-hmm, a small yeah. country church or something like that. You know, there's, there's, the trust can enable the distribution to say, look, we're going to match 50% of your income for this child. Okay. Uh, you know, or and things like that, so that, so that it gets them working, but, but you don't want to penalize somebody because they choose a vocation that may not be a high-paying vocation, but they're going to have kids and grandkids and things like that for college funding and all that kind of stuff, too. So so a trust is going to bring a whole lot of thought capabilities to the table that's going to enable you to do planning, not only to the next generation, but to charities and to multiple generations, depending on how you want to do this. And and this is not for the uber-wealthy. I'm telling you, this is for middle-class Americans day in and day out all the time. We see this all the time with clients. We sit down with them. We work through this, and then we go meet with the attorney, whether it's their estate planning attorney or one one or two that I would recommend. doesn't matter. But, but you've got to get all this stuff lined up before you go meet with the attorney on it.
2: So a question for you on that with regards to uh, how that is distributed. I know that with a will, you've got an executor, right? Somebody who kind of watches over things, but how much power does that person have? The executor versus also who? What is it? An administrator of a trust? Is that
0: what they call them?
3: So, so if you're dealing in a trust, you can have a trustee who has all mm-hmm. the power to make the decisions on the assets that are funded into the trust. You can have an executor, and their job is to close the estate. Make sure all the uh, bills are paid. Make sure things are distributed. All that kind of stuff. Well,
1: Usually what, if, what it's happens one if you're the did, same
3: person when you're dealing with a trust?
2: Just say, for example, I set up a trust and I want this to happen, and then I set up an administrator or an executor, and they decide that they don't want to do what I wanted them to do. What happens? Can they can they get away with that?
3: No, they're in a fiduciary bound, responsibility right. yeah. to execute your wishes that are inside of that legal document. Well, I know. I'm just,
2: you know, wondering how safe it is. Is what I'm
3: really. Well, asking. then the ulti- ultimately, the beneficiary can sue that that person. Oh, I see, okay. because they have to act in capacity for the ultimate distribution of the beneficiary, and they would win to because your, the original to wishes. your wishes. Correct. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Cool. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And mm-hmm. a lot of times, you might have somebody who is the trustee who's making – who's overseeing everything and distributing stuff, but you may have somebody else uh, in care for kids or grandkids. You know? so, so you can split it all up. You know? in, in, in my family, we have things split up between people. Okay, because it's like, yeah, no, I don't think so. See, you know? they'll fight over this.
4: Oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, so you could do all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I've seen uh, there's no wrong or right way to go about doing these things. But the point is that, that you know, and this is all coming from this question here on on a will versus a trust. You can see how deep this conversation goes. But mm-hmm. let me tell you this. I, I was working with a client this past, uh, last week or so, and 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 we're just starting, they're just at the stage in life now where we need to start doing this planning. And so I told them, I said, "Look, go home and over the next, you know, several weeks, just write down all of your assets on a piece of paper, and then start writing a couple of sentences on who you want to get what and how you want them to get them. You know, whether it's investment assets, buildings, whatever it may be that that's that's there, real estate, whatever the case may be." Uh, and that's the, that's 90% of your estate plan right there. That's what you ultimately take to the attorney and say, look, we've, we've got a lot of this stuff written out on how we want to do this. You don't want to sit in the attorney's office and try to figure it out at that point. right? Yeah, he's got to put all the Latin in there. That's what his, his job is. Right? There you go. Exactly, exactly. Hey, y'all, we're all over the place this morning talking about every subject under the sun with financial planning, estate planning, wealth management, the whole nine yards. Give us a ring on this open mic Saturday at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855 rose one two three or eight five five seven six seven three one two three back in a moment with more the larry rosenthal show making money sense
1: sense live with larry rosenthal phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 rose 123 that's 855-767-3123 more making money sense in a moment and here's another money minute with larry rosenthal so many different ways to invest money lump sum deposits buy and hold market timing
3: How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse dollar cost average out during your retirement
0: years.
6: Frosty the snowman was a jolly happy soul with a corncob pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of coal. Lost the a snowman is a fairy tale, they say. He was made of snow, but the children know how he came to life one day. There must have been some
2: magic. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE123. It's Christmas time. We're all getting kind of excited about that.
3: We are, Chris. You know, I I, I looked up a couple of verses here. You know, the Bible talks about money over twenty four hundred times in the Bible. That's one or two. Yeah, that That's is a, more than one or two. That is yeah. for sure. Whoa. You know, and and when we take a look at this, you know, in Proverbs thirteen twenty two, it says, "A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous." And and you come over, you flip over to Ecclesiastes five ten. It says, "Whoever loves money never has enough." Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. This, too, is meaningless. You know, what are we chasing here, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. What are we chasing? You know, we, 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 we cannot, we cannot um, uh, worship the gift. We need to worship the, the giver Amen. of the gift, which Amen. is the Lord. Yeah. And, you know, we, we have to figure out what our role is with money. And, and, you know, we live in two economies. We live in God's economy and man's economy. You know, God's economy has Christ at the center, and it's a giving, a servitude type of an economy. You know, it's, it's, it's an economy where we want to try to bless others with the resources that we have, whereas man's economy is the opposite of that. It says, you know, he or she who dies with the most toys wins, right? And, and uh, you know, so we've got to figure out stewardship principles when it all comes to that. And, and basically that's part of estate planning as well. How do you want your assets that you've worked for? you know, your whole life to be distributed? Do you want to include charities in that? Do you want to, you know, make sure things are tax efficient going to your heirs and just on and on with everything? You know, there's, there's a lot to be said for, for proper financial, proper estate planning when it, when it, when it boils down to all of this. So hey, let's go ahead and shoot down to South Carolina and welcome Ella on the line. Good morning, Ella. How are you today? Ella, are you there? Think I hear. Yeah, I just we were just talking to her a second ago. So. Ella, are you there? Are you with us, Ella? Hello. Hello. There you go. Yep. Hi Ella, welcome to the show. How can I help you? She might
4: Hi, be Hi, brother Larry. Yes, ma'am. Question. I was a friend of mine told me about an i bond that was giving like 9%. And I asked my uh, financial planner about it, and he didn't think it was a good idea. What's your opinion?
3: It depends on how long you want to hold the money. So here's the deal, Ella, on this. The reason the I-bonds are paying a a very large rate right now is because inflation has spiked up. I-bonds will pay interest. They will credit their new interest every November and May, okay? Okay. So here's what I've been telling clients with I-bonds. If you have excess money in the bank, okay, let's suppose that, that, that there's some excess dollars in the bank. Those would be the dollars that you want to use for the I-bond because the bank account money is very short-term in nature. You want it to be secure, and you'll get a much better interest rate than what the banks are paying. If you're looking to take money out of your stocks now to buy the I-bond, I don't think that's a wise choice because after the, as, as, as inflation continues to drop down over the coming year, those interest rates that the I-bonds paying every November and May will get lowered as well. And as inflation continues to drop down, the stock market will start to come back up again. Okay? So it depends on the source of your money. So I don't have any problems with it. I think it's a pretty decent deal, actually. We haven't seen anything like this since Katrina hit, okay, uh, when we had a bout of inflation at one point back then. So so I, I think they're fine. If you'd like, I'll be happy to send you out some information on I-bonds and how they work. You have to buy them yourself. I, I as a financial advisor, can't buy them for you. You have to go to the government buy directly yourselves, go to Treasury uh, – what is it? Yeah, treasury.gov. Okay. And you can buy them right there. Okay. You can buy as much as $10,000 per registration. You there? So got her L- let me put her on hold, Chris. and there. see I'll if she's her. there. And then you can pick up her and I'll send her out the info on, on all the I bonds. And you got like it. That. Sounds good. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so again, uh, you know, getting back, we're, we're diving into the estate planning conversation a little bit. Uh, It's always a very interesting one, that's for sure. Another another question we got was, would it be better for the U.S. uh, to just drop into a recession right now? Would it be better for the Fed just to raise rates so high and drop us into a recession, knowing that on the other side of that, the Fed would then turn around and lower interest rates? Well, at least this person understands the concept of it all, right, At market expansions and contractions. But, no, that would not be a good thing because it would cause more pain in the stock market, and it would shoot unemployment way up. And that's just not good. So what the Fed is trying to do is exactly what they said. They're going to continue to raise rates to a certain level. And then they're going to pause rates, and they're going to let that rate sit there at that level for a period of time. It might be two months or eight months. I don't know. They're going to see if the monetary policy movements that they've made over the last several months are enough to bring down inflation over time. That's what they're trying to do. So, so you know, when you take a look too, also right now, historically, rates are still low compared to the historic averages. Believe it or not, and they will come back down again. So, so kind of, I know this person understands from their question the the concept, but I disagree with their premise on what they what they would like the Fed to do. Uh, you know, as as far as that goes, <laughs> not not at all. So, uh, but but uh, hey, anyway, check us out on LarryRosenthal.tv. TV. And uh, you can watch us live stream the show. Hit the subscribe button and the little bell. Is that right? It's the bell, Chris. It so is the every bell. Every time we're on air, you can get a, a, a notification. We're getting a lots of people to subscribe to this. It's lots nice. of fun. Uh, that way you can see, see how it works. And we'll be announcing. Uh, I just went over some uh, stuff with my, uh, my office the other day. We're going to be rolling out a whole series of webinars in the beginning of the year. Uh, I may do an impromptu one. Uh, on November, on, um, October, on, what is this, on December 14th, the day after the Fed meets and the day after we get the November inflation numbers. So I may do a quick market commentary update on that day. So stay tuned for information. If you want to get on that emailing list, then go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com and sign up for our e- uh, our newsletters and we'll get you on that list so that you can understand uh, you know, so that you'll be aware of of those types of events when when it all comes down to it. You know, we were talking about estate planning, and we were using you know investment assets as an example, Chris. But what about real estate assets? Real estate assets to pass on. You know, uh, you know what what what's the story there? Real estate's one of the hardest inv- assets to pass on. Maybe one child wants to move into it, one child wants to sell it, one child wants to rent it out. Now, what are you going to do? Have a fight. <laughs> there you go, right? You're going to have a fight. You're going to have tape all over the floors, right? That's right. You can't come in my room, That's and it. I can't go in your room, don't right? It's cross, not going to work. Don't cross It's not going to work at all. Exactly, exactly. So a lot of times people will say, you know, what? one of the things that I have found is they will take their real estate and they'll put it into a trust, a simple garden variety revocable living trust, and, you know, with no bells or whistles to it, and, and they'll say, you know, listen, you know, we would like for the the kids to figure out what they want to do with it and if they can't make a decision in say 6 months then it's to be sold and the cash split up hmm. you know that avoids this this in perpetuity type of a debate argument fight whatever it may be so so you know again i you sometimes are think limited. if you as a
2: counselor larry with a couch in your office
3: <laughs> there's <laughs> been many days like that right but but yeah. that's part of what we do that is yeah. part of what we do you know um, the 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 the, uh, uh, the you are limited. Let me say this: you are limited by your imagination on how you want to distribute assets, uh, because any and almost anything I should say, because somebody will come up with something weird. But but <laughs> almost anything I can say you can put into a trust work with the estate planning attorney put it in the trust and and really think about it and talk about it and you know you're going to hear me and many other advisors in the in the next year and a half or so talking more and more about estate planning and the reason why is because we're coming up on a sunset rule Hmm. december 31st 2025 is a sunset rule of the current tax levels on estate planning right now there's a a federal tax Unified credit of a little of a little under 12 million dollars. That gets cut in half January 1st, 2026, unless Congress sustains it. Okay, and so, well, you're talking about six million dollars, right? Well, yeah. Guess what? A lot more people are going to be included in that. And there has been talk. It, but it did not pass this time around in legislation earlier this year in the Build Back Better program to reduce that down to one and a half, two million million, $2 or $3 million, excuse me, which is going to include a lot of people in there. So, So we need to start being prepared for these types of legislative changes in the future. And one thing is for sure, the estate tax level is going to continue to be a – A a political volleyball that goes back and forth uh, uh, all the time It's going to be raised and lowered, raised and lowered all the time. But one of the interesting things, too, that we've noticed is we're starting to see a lot of states decouple from the federal, uh, federal limits on this and create their own state estate tax. Okay, Um, you know, and, and from that standpoint, you have to look at what state you live in, too, when you what state you're a resident of when you pass to see if there's any state inheritance tax issues that you're not aware of. And I've seen this popping up because we have clients all over the country, and I've seen this popping up and saying, "Hey, you know what? By moving from this state to that state, you just increased a a death tax on your mm-hmm. estate by you know one hundred fifty thousand dollars or whatever it may be." Yeah. So, so we have to start looking at that across the country. There's a lot more involved in in financial planning. You know, when you when you take a look at a football game and 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 your team is winning at halftime, you can. Rest easy in the easy chair and and, and be happy about it. But, you know, the game's not over yet, and they could lose it in the second half and and ultimately lose the game. And that's one of the things on estate planning that people often say is, you know, well, I thought grandma and grandpa did so well or mom and dad and all that stuff. But, man, the tax man came in and really took a big chunk, you know at the beneficiary table. You hate to see those conversations and there's many ways to minimize those types of tax exposures, you know, going forward. Can so, you kind of do that with the state income taxes as well? I mean a
2: lot of states I know don't have state income tax. So it kind of makes sense maybe to relocate if possible to some
3: place that doesn't well, have well yeah imposers. but you know you, you you move to a state that doesn't have a state income tax. How's the state operating? Well probably over other kinds of taxes, you know, there you go. So taxes. you have to take a look at the net net effect. Yeah. I've yet to see a calculator that, pro- that 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 does all that. It's a lot of manual calculations, yeah. but there are states that, that 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 do do that. You know, there there's several of them actually, and there's nothing wrong with looking into them. You know, do you want to live there? Great. You know, there's some beautiful states that 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 do that as well. Uh, but you know, there's also other taxes associated with with those states too. Yeah, sure. So yeah. so really take a look at the net net of all that effect too. Um, sometimes that all of the glitter is not gold, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, but at the same time, a lot of times it is. And I've seen clients. I mean, we, we've seen clients move around and do different things for for all different reasons when it comes to all that. Hey, I want to switch the subject here real quick, and I want to talk about upside and downside capture, something called capture analysis. Inside your mutual funds, you know, and today we're just trying to we're just delivering a lot of talk, a lot of education out there, um, you know, capture analysis. Uh, this is used to identify, you know, your your mutual fund managers, basically, on whether they're they're outperforming in either type of a market, whether they're outperforming in a bull market when the when stocks are going up or in a bear market when stocks are going down. It's kind of their grade then, isn't it? Anyway. It is one component of their grade. That's exactly right. What is their capture analysis? Okay. What is their capture analysis on it all? So an upside uh, and versus a downside capture analysis works similar, kind of like this. And it's a very easy report to run. It's, it's, you know, all I need is a ticker symbol. I can put it into my software and boom, in a matter of seconds, you can You can grade a mutual fund based off of that component. Now, there's a lot of components. There's a lot of different data points, if you will, that you're going to look at grading a mutual fund, you know, uh, expense ratios, turnover tax ratios, um, you know, just just alpha, beta, standard deviation. you know all kinds of things what's the mean the sharp ratio just a whole lot of different things but upside and downside capture works kind of like this you compare it against your index that you're looking at let's just use the S&P 500 as an example so you're looking at the S&P 500 index and let's suppose it's down 5% you know it's negative 5% at that point in time that you're looking at it for the year and your mutual fund is is down 7% That means it's over 100% downside capture. It's down more than the S&P in that example. Let's suppose it's down only 3%. Now your downside capture is not as much as the, the downside in the actual market. On the other side, on the flip side of that coin, that conversation, there's also the upside capture to things. Suppose the S&P is up 10% and your fund is up 8%. Well, you've got 80% of the upside capture, but suppose it's up 12%. Now you've got 120% of the upside capture, right? Now, this, is, this sounds good at, at, on, on the top level, but at the same time, you have to understand what is your mutual fund objective? If the mutual fund objective is stocks and bonds, and you're comparing it against the S&P 500, it's not a fair comparison. So you have to make sure you're comparing like to like when when you're looking at all these types of of uh, uh, metrics when when uh, in, in in comparison. Let's shoot on down to Tennessee and welcome Don on the line. Good morning, Don. How are you today? Good morning, Larry. How can I help
0: you, sir?
6: talking about estate planning and uh I listened to some podcast and uh some people are touting these uh online cheap basic basically less expensive ways to make a will. com is one of the sites I've heard and I'm trying to see if that is a secure way to make a will or do I need to get an expensive attorney to make a will. I have not made a will yet. I've got a decent sized estate and and thinking this winter is going to be one of my objectives to get it done, and I don't and I don't want to have an insecure will. I want to get some feedback on what your thoughts are on that.
3: Don the 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 answer to this. First of all, I'm not an attorney; I'm a financial advisor, right? But but my answer to you is this: is you'll know the validity of your will um, after it gets executed, right? In other words, your beneficiaries are going to know the strength of it of that document. One thing that I have found is that is that a human being, an estate planning attorney who does that, who specializes in estate planning, is going to bring to the table a whole lot of questions and create a dynamic that's personalized for you that a software program may not have the capability of doing, okay? So I don't know about this software. I'm sure it can execute a a basic will for you. But I I would ask you this question, is it worth – making sure that you're doing the right thing for your family and using a professional and looking at the cost differential there. It, it's not going to be that much, you know, from for my for my opinion, based off the peace of mind that you're going to have. That's my opinion on it, okay? And you'll get a whole lot of other ones out there, obviously, right? Um, but, you know, I've been doing this for years with, I mean, almost three decades here with clients all across the country. And the, the value of a professional estate planning attorney uh, a lot of times is going to trump over a software package. That That's that's what I've seen. Right. I gotcha. Can I get one more question in? Yes, sir.
6: Okay. Uh, Bible says, charge to the rich that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute. And, and I'd like to be good at distributing extra money. Can, when you think about efficiency of organizations, if I – Give to an organization. Do you have any websites that you recommend to see how efficient a organization is? Whether how much goes to an admin versus how much goes to the cause. Is there any? Is there any great websites to do that? Is that? A, is that a per, per organization thing? You got to investigate one at a time.
3: There are a few websites. Um, I think one of them is ECFA, and uh, I actually have a folder with a few other ones and i don't have it here in the studio uh because i serve on the board of a few charities okay and so one charity may be a member of this organization that grades their financials but not not a member of another organization okay so so you know one of the one of the things that that um i would suggest is is definitely looking at that first to see what or, what the organization is a member of okay so go on their website and you'll see who who they they've outsourced their you know third party analysis to of how they're doing their funds and things like that uh, and then get to know them you know call them up call their their donor representatives or call their founders and say hey you know look i I'm, I'm i'm interested in in making some donations and you know and just kind of get to know them a little bit um, if you like, I can talk to you offline about some places that I serve on the board at, and you can speak to the founders and, and the principals of those and take a look at that. That might give you some some ideas. It depends on where you want to give and, and what your objective is in the giving, right? You know, if you want to help kids, uh, uh, you know, make it through life and, and, and learn about Christ or or if you want to give abroad or whatever the, the case may be. But, but also, Don, keep in mind this that when you when you when there there's a couple types of giving that that you need to think about there's the year by, year after year giving maybe you sponsor a child or maybe you just say hey I'm going to help this organization here's here's a $1000 or 10,000 or 100,000 or whatever it is that you want to do right you know that that money's going to go right there right then okay but then you also have the other type of gift which is more of an estate gift planned giving where you're saying, okay, listen, at the end of my life, I want to donate this money. So so you have to stop and you have to ask the question here with a charity, too, is, you know, hey, I like the way you're doing things today. I like the founders, the, the CEOs, and, and the mission today. But at some point, they're going to retire out, too. At some point, it's going to get a new generation of leaders in that organization. Talk to them about the continuity, the vision, right? The same mission, because if you give a large sum of money, and then and then all of a sudden people start to retire out, the direction of that of that mission may change, and your money's already there. Does that make sense?
0: Sure does. It sure does. Yep. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yep. So 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 when you're talking about you know giving. Yeah, it's very easy. Hey, you know what? I want to donate some money this year for that and all that kind of stuff. But when you come alongside of a, of a charity that you you start getting you know uh, drawn to, that your heart goes out to, these are some of the questions that that need to be brought to attention if you're going to make you know serious gifts and 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 continuous gifts over time. Now now small charities, that question's going to blow their mind. They're going to be like, you know, we haven't got there yet. Maybe you can help them, right? So so, so that, that's just kind of food for thought on, on, on that. Also, there are mutual funds out there that are called donor-advised funds. And one of the neat things about a, a donor-advised fund, Don, is this, is, and I can send you info on these funds as well, is you can put money into this mutual fund today and receive a tax deduction today just like as if you wrote the check to a charity. So suppose you wanted, Suppose you said, you know what? I can put ten grand into this mutual fund today, as an example. I'll get my deduction for ten grand. But I want to give this charity thousand dollars this year. You can instruct that mutual fund to give them to distribute to them thousand dollars, and you can say to them, you know, look, I use a donor advised fund, and I've already put my money in there. I've got my tax deduction already. But I want to see how you operate, because next year I may give it to another charity. You can change who, who the beneficiary is year in and year out on your distributions. So a donor advised fund will enable you to, to capture that tax deduction this year and make the distribution to a charity later in life. And that keeps charities and universities, by the way, on their toes to continue with the same mission forward that attracted you to begin with, because they know there's a pool of money there, but they've got to perform the way that that, that uh, they have in the past in order for you to make that that distribution there. So there's a lot involved with all of this, and I can speak to a lot of it on it because I do this work. I I, I do a lot of this stuff uh, in our firm and for, for organizations as well. So um, I hope that helps you out a little bit. But you can check out ECFA, and I cannot remember the names of the other uh, organizations off the top of my head. It's uh, – uh, I can't remember him, Don. I'm sorry. I'm drawing a blank here. But but at least I got you one. How's that sound? If you want, I'll, I'll put you on hold, and Chris will get your contact info, and, and I'll give you a ring next week and give you some more of that, okay? Yeah, I'll do that. All right. All right, appreciate the phone call. you listen to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. We've got just a minute left in the, in the program this morning. It's open, Mike, Saturday. We're all over the place, which I love. Estate planning, right, uh, contributions, charitable giving. It's some great stuff, no, no doubt about it. So go visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and uh, check out our newsletter. You can sign up for that. We send out, again, a weekly market commentary and a monthly educational piece. While you're there, follow us on uh, YouTube, LarryRosenthal.tv. There's a little link there. You can check check us out by subscribing and hitting that little bell there that Chris likes. I like that bell. Yeah, yeah. That way you'll be notified every time we're we're uh, going live on YouTube to, to broadcast a show or anything else that we might be doing. So uh, we get lots of calls during the week with questions. Uh, people hear me talking about subjects on the air. And so if you want, we'll, we'll send out all that information to you. You can call us at 855-ROSE-123. That becomes our toll-free nationwide number after we go off the air here in a few moments. So for Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next Saturday with another session of the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Safe.